This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. It is a post-game podcast, and I say post-game loosely, very loosely. Sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. I don't say that lightly. Those guys are awesome. They always take care of all our subscribers and take care of everybody. That is Carolina fan-related. They certainly look after you, and if you're 10%, or if you're a premium subscriber, you get 10% off that order, so Check out Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com and rate us, review us, subscribe um, on Apple iPod, Apple Podcast. Whew, tough to talk after this one. My guest tonight, Michael Brooker. Mike, I know we were just sitting here joking about a certain Clemson game in 2001. <laughs> I hate to bring up those bad memories, but good gracious, man. Carolina falls to Clemson 63-50. Clemson has been terrible the last couple weeks, and quite frankly – they didn't look any different than they've looked the last couple of weeks. Carolina just one-upped them in the bad category. What would you see? Yeah, I agree. I mean, they obviously had a, a stretch where they knocked down some threes early, you know, deuces to uh, some defensive lapses, rotations off of, you know, to run and jump and whatnot and just letting them get in a rhythm. But uh, they went for a really cold stretch there where they allowed us to kind of claw back in it and get it to four and, we could just never get over the hump with turnovers and missed putbacks and missed opportunities in the post. And so uh, just a really frustrating effort um, from, from start to finish, really. Carolina cut it to 4-38 or 42-38 on a jumper by Garrison Brooks at the 12-38 mark. Carolina did not score again until the – 756 mark and Clemson had made it a 45 38 game at that time when Leakey made his one and only shot you, you know reading Twitter and reading message boards is really not good for one's health um, in, in games like this especially when Carolina's won some games I don't necessarily think they've been many good teams over the past month but they certainly won a few games lost only to Florida State but I, when I look at the stats on this one, Mike, layups, four for 13. They missed nine layups. They missed 10 free throws. They had 17 turnovers. I mean, quite frankly, if they weren't playing Clemson, they might have, it might have been one of the worst losses in Carolina basketball history with the way that Carolina played. Yeah, just an extreme lack of efficiency, uh, a lack of taking advantage of opportunities when they were there to be taken, and uh, just an, just a frustrating effort because, I mean, there was, you know, first half was super lackadaisical, lack of urgency, turnovers galore, and then you see when they take care of the ball, when, when, when things are running efficient, when they make a few shots, they, you know, they, 
they look really good. And so that's why it's kind of maddening. And I'm sure it's maddening for the coaching staff to, it's like a switch, you know, from the first half to early second half. And it was like a totally different team. And then they just reverted, reverted to what they were in the first half. Um, like you said, we've had some stretches, you know, win six out of seven, played some pretty good ball against, you know, not, not the upper echelon, but uh, just a, a definitely a step back uh, from, from the positive momentum that we have build, been building over the last few weeks, couple weeks, excuse me. Let me ask you, and a lot of fans, especially on Inside Carolina message boards and people tweeting about it, do you think not playing a game this past weekend has anything to do with their effort and performance tonight? I, I don't. I mean, they should have been rare and ready to go. You know, if anything, Clemson should have been fatigued and uh, playing three games in six, seven days. And, you know, it should have been an advantage for us ready to – come out and play as hard as possible and get off to a good start and to continue to build off, you know, like I said, the positives from the last two, three weeks of play. And that just wasn't the case, just sloppy from the get go. Uh, and I've said it many times before, you know, uh, the freshman guards have definitely flashes and the guard play in general, but it's just too inconsistent for us to go on the road and beat a team, even though that Clemson had been struggling, you know, um, you know, letting them get comfortable and, and just the guard play, the wing play just was is just not good enough right now um, to overcome, you know, that turn the turnovers uh, and the lack of uh, urgency defense over there, especially in the first half. Yeah, some of the defensive lapses, and then you see um, the kid for Clemson getting his highlight reels, his career highlight reels, right there in the last in the second half. Really, I mean, he played hard in the second half, got abused in the paint early in the second half, came back yeah. and made plays for them. So credit to him, but he's going be showing his grandkids those dunks um, that he had against Carolina. Let me ask you a couple specific things. Baycott has one shot. I mean, let's be honest, and I, and I want you to be as honest as possible. How does that happen in Carolina's system? I don't know, you know, because Brooks had 11 shots and uh, Sharp had seven and, and went to the line numerous times. So obviously he was getting fed the ball and had – opportunities to get the ball towards the basket and, and shot a fair number of free throws. I don't know how Baycott comes away with one. I know he was in foul trouble some, but he still played right at 20 minutes. So it's, it's really baffling how that, you know, I don't know if it's a, a lack of post positioning, if it's a, you know, post entries. I know we had some turnovers trying to get into the post several times and I don't know. I don't know. That's obviously very frustrating because he came into the game, uh, you know, being barely efficient. I think at one point he was 24 out of 32 from the field over the course of a few games and was averaging like 17 and averaging like 13 on the year. So that's definitely a mystery on how, how that can occur. You know, Sharp had some really good moments. Uh, Brooks had some good moments in the second half where he was facilitating, had I think three assists and four baskets. So um, they did some, some decent stuff, but obviously we need more than just those two guys in the post to, to play well. Was, did, would you see Clemson doing? I mean, Clemson's been good defensively all year. I think at one point they were number one in the country in defensive efficiency. What did they do that affected Carolina's flow? I just feel like they muddy it up, and they've always muddied it up, I think, with physicality, and they have some big, strong guys and some athletic guys. You know, back in the day when we were playing, it was Tom Weidman and some of those guys that just um, – Jameson – uh, they're big Jamison, number 32. Um, they just muddy it up. And um, obviously with our lack of perimeter shooting outside of Walton, um, the spacing is is a little uh, constricted, is tight down there. And so I think they just made it more difficult, challenge shots. 
obviously we couldn't shoot free throws tonight and um and that's an issue for sharp especially um and if we can't make them pay at the free throw line then they're just going to continue to to make things difficult down there and, and lay off the shooters and make us beat it make, make us beat them from deep um so yeah, that was the the thing. I think Carolina had one offensive rebound maybe in the first half. They ended up with seven out-rebounded Clemson overall. But, you know, the free throw shooting, clearly a mental aspect of it. Um, and you could clearly see it was in Sharp's head. I, I mean, it is what it is with him. At least he was out there playing hard. I mean, 16 yeah. and 8, you can't really argue with his game. He's got to make free throws, um, but certainly – showed the ability to play. I What I saw is a little bit of regression from Caleb Love, especially I thought yeah. that he had, he had figured it out. I thought he played well over the past couple of weeks. And, and then sort of that play at the end there, um, when the game was over probably, he, he tries to post entry to Garrison Brooks and literally three Clemson guys could have gotten it. I mean, that sort of summed up the entire night. Love, nine points on two of ten. One for six. How difficult is it for young guards um, to just to? I mean, we talk about they're figuring out, they're figuring out, they're getting better. But how how talk about how difficult the consistency factor of a young guy dealing with confidence issues, dealing with struggles? How, how difficult that is? I think it's very difficult, just because you know so much is is being put on their shoulders because we don't have the typical, you know, uh, Carolina talent level to be quite honest with you at the wings and um and whatnot and so a lot is being put on his shoulders and you know um, I've heard I heard it said earlier this week and talking about some of Duke's struggles that you know not all five stars are you know going to make the same type of impact there's your Zions and there's your RJ Barrett's and then there's other guys that are really good players and are going to continue to get better and probably be really really good as sophomores and juniors but um, being thrust into the spotlight immediately as freshmen um, at coming off a, a, a tough year and, and really being counted on. And uh, there's going to be some drastic ups and downs. And you're seeing that with, with a lot of our young guys, especially love, you know, showing flashes, but the consistency is just not there. And um, we're just going to have to ride with it to a certain degree. Um, obviously the offensive rebounds, if we, if we, do a better job there tonight maybe we make up for some of the poor shooting and whatnot but um if we don't rebound the ball offensively off the glass like we're used to and like we have been consistently all year then it's going to be really tough to 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 weather nights like tonight you know from a shooting perspective and from the guard play perspective so absolutely sharp with five offensive rebounds a team the team got one on that one that went out of bounds garrison brooks had one that's it and and you're right carolina's not going to win too many games 38.5% from the field, uh, 27 or 26% from three-point line, 52 from free throw line. I mean, you like those numbers to add up to close to 150 on a good shooting night. Um, yeah, they're they barely pushing 100 for Carolina against Clemson. Any Duke um, oversight going on tonight, you think, Mike? Do what now? I'm sorry. Any Duke oversight here? Was this team looking forward? I know the fan base has been looking forward to Saturday for a while. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I would hope not. I mean, we are we are not. Um, we're just not in a position right now. You know, coming off last year and you know the early struggles this year, we're just not in a position to do that. But that's not to me. That's not to say some of the guys may not have been looking a little bit forward. You know, it's. 
it is Duke. Uh, I guess it's the first time we've met both teams unranked, what, since 1960. So um, it's going to be probably one of the least hyped Duke Carolina games in a long time. It's it's still going to be hyped, but uh, I I would, I would hope not, Um, but I can't get in their heads, but um, we're just not (laughs) anywhere close to where we need to be, to be looking forward to ahead to anybody, especially with a, a road game against, you know, somebody that's trying to get right themselves. And, you know, anytime a Clemson can beat a Carolina, no matter what Carolina's ranking is uh, or not, um, it's a huge game for them. So I would hope that would not be the case that we were looking ahead, but who knows? Last question for you. Let's get out of here. Clemson 63, Carolina 50 in an ugly one. And little John down in Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, haven't talked to you really about it. Um, before and won't talk to you before the game um from a player perspective what is, what is it like for duke week oh it's 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 incredible it's um just obviously a an increased attention to detail increased attention to detail and just excitement you know i was a part of a, a, a couple uh a couple years worth of um really good outcomes for carolina um you know, putting it on them a couple times in, in Vince's and Twan's, you know, last go around, um, the miss dunk off the, off the glass from Coda. And so we were part of some really good ones. And then we took some beatings the next three years, um, my last three years. So, um, uh, it's always super exciting. Obviously it's usually two highly ranked opponents and, and, and a lot of things are on the line, ACC regular season titles and stuff like that and positioning, but, this year is just going to be a pride thing. I think obviously both teams are struggling a little bit uh, overall. So it's going to be a gut check and just a pride thing to see who can get back right and who can kind of continue to try to uh, get their season uh, on an upward trajectory with a big win, big win over a rival. Um, so we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Although <laughs> um, I'm not, not quite so, the same, not so great about it right now after tonight, but we'll see if we can turn it around. So. Yeah. It felt kind of like if Carolina could win tonight and then beat Duke, it would seal Duke's fate. Um, knocking them, knocking them out of the tournament. Now it feels like a last man standing type game coming up on Saturday, Carolina and Duke, but Clemson 63, Carolina 50 inside Carolina.com postgame podcast sponsored by Johnny t-shirt and rate us, review us, and subscribe as we always talk about Michael Brooker. I appreciate it, my man. Yes, sir. Thank you. See you Saturday. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey.